afternoon, Jewish-German theologian Martin Buber had a visit from an unknown young man who had some questions for him. As Buber recounted, he was friendly to the young man, but Buber wasn't fully there in spirit. Buber treated him politely enough and conversed openly with him, but the teacher failed to guess the real reasons that the guest came to Sam. Not long after the meeting, Buber learned that the young person was no longer alive. Sadly, the guest died without the real content behind his questions being revealed. There was a dissymmetry between what the person needed and what the professor was offering at that moment. As my teacher, Rabbi Ed Feinstein, recounts, the kid had come to ask huge existential life questions, and the professor wasn't present enough to hear them through the noise in his brain. It's not dissimilar from when I'm asked a question and my head is still bent down to the content of my phone. Now, most of us deal with stressful and pressing challenges every day, but are we able to turn them off and focus when there is another person in front of us? Amy Cuddy writes that when we are not present, people can tell. And when we are fully present, people respond differently. Cuddy further shares that when we are present, we allow others to be present. Presence doesn't always make you dominant in an alpha sense. It actually allows you to hear other people and for them to feel heard and for them to become present. When we're present, we don't offer yes, dear responses. I began by discussing Martin Buber because 2023 is the 100th anniversary of the publication of his influential book, I and Thou. In it, Buber famously differentiates between two types of relationships, I-it and I-thou. They are two dichotomous modes of relating to the world. Reading through I and Thou is not an easy task, so I will share with you Rabbi Jonathan Sachs' understandings of the two terms. In I-it relationships, we see a person or an object as an experience. It's something to be analyzed or classified or quantified. In I-it relationships, we ask ourselves, to what use can I put this object in front of me? And I'll add that I-it relationships are transactional, guarded, and with limitations. By contrast, I-thou relationships are encounters. When we are in I-thou relationships, we relate with the entirety of our being to another whole person, and we are part of the same world. God's presence can be felt in these circumstances. Rabbi Sachs cites the supreme example of an I-thou relationship as one where we love another person and we know the person loves us back. We are fully present in I-thou relationships. All people maintain an unbalanced combination of both I-it and I-thou relationships, leaning heavily towards the I-it. How many I-thou relationships can you list right now? As modernity privileges the I-it and leaves little room for the I-thou, we all have more I-it relationships. In his book, Together, The Healing Power of Human Connections in a Sometimes Lonely World, 
Dr. Murthy, the Surgeon General of the United States, uses slightly similar language to Martin Boover in explaining this phenomenon. Dr. Murthy claims that nobody has more than 15 of these intimate relationships, especially since, as he points out, we live in a culture that promotes privacy and where big walls are erected between houses. The current values that dominate modern culture they elevate the narrative of the rugged individualist and the pursuit of self-determination. Neighborhoods are designed around cars which disappear into garages. And when people venture outside, they step into their secluded yards. Oprah also differentiated between the two relationships with her famous quote, lots of people want to ride with you in the limo, but what you want is someone who will take the bus with you when the limo breaks down. Boomer pointed this out as well when he wrote of the difference between living next to one another, tolerantly, but without a mutual understanding or genuine respect, and together with one another. Next to one another is I it, with one another is I thou. Dr. Murthy describes the people that Boober would categorize as those we encounter with I-thou relationships as our romantic partners, the close friends and family that we depend on in a crisis, the people we want to spend time with on a frequent basis. These inner circle relationships require the most time and energy, which is why he limits them to 15. So how does one establish I-thou meaningful encounters when the world we inhabit doesn't really encourage or promote them? It's a real dilemma. As a society, we don't nurture and encourage the development of deep personal relationships. Something changed over the last 80 years so that we're not programmed to do that anymore. Since the 60s, we've moved from the liberal and sexual revolutions, to the economic revolution, to the technological revolution. And all three of these seismic shifts led to more autonomy. Rabbi Sachs writes that since the 1960s, we've moved from the we society of we're all in this together to the I society of I'm free to be myself. Westerners focus more on me than we. While the Yisker prayers that we will soon recite are exceptions, as they are written in the singular, in the pinnacle of the day, the vidui, the confessions, they're all written in the plural. Asham knew, Bagad knew, Gazal knew, Dibar knew, Dofi. We are devastated. We betrayed. We have stolen. We have slandered. And they're all written in the plural. And they were written before words like self-care, self-made, self-motivated, self-love. All of this happened before those words entered the vocabulary. We also repeat the phrase, for the sin that we committed before you. The vidui remains in the we realm. Maybe you didn't do everything on the list, but by saying the words, you're atoning for someone else who did. You're taking one for the team. And when we bang our hearts and we acknowledge the errors of our way this year, we take into account others. And when they might have missed the mark, we figuratively take their year with us. 
when we speak intimately to God as an I-thou encounter. And this is so countercultural to where we are as a society right now. And to use Dr. Murthy's language, it's a human condition that reminds us of our need for the love, compassion, and companionship of fellow human beings. The stronger our connections with each other and the more I-thou relationships we invest in, the richer our culture and our stronger our society become. A 2017 research report showed that 200,000 older Britons had not had a conversation with a friend or a relative in more than a month. And this was before COVID. If you don't talk to someone, how can you have a meaningful relationship with anyone? In the US from 2003 till 2020, time spent alone increased and time spent on in-person social engagement decreased. 36% of Americans reported persistent feelings of loneliness. 40% report that they lack companionship, their relationships aren't meaningful and that they feel isolated from others. And the same study found that 61% of young adults report feeling lonely almost all the time. And depression among young adults in the US has risen 73% since 2007. Maintaining healthy I-thou relationships could change these numbers dramatically and drastically. Here in Canada, I think the statistics are a little better. When asked in the Canadian Social Survey for August and September in 2021, slightly more, just slightly more than one in 10 people age 15 and older said that they always or often felt lonely. I'm actually a little baffled for this because we had really tight pandemic lockdown legislations here in Canada. Jake Ernst, a social worker and clinical director of Straight Up Health in Toronto, writes that Canadians need to return to our innate core needs. As humans, we're social species, which means that we need each other in order to be well. And when we are cut off from relationships, or when there's something in between us, like a phone or a sort of technology, then that just starts to erode. It starts to erode our sense of connection to other people. To move away from loneliness, we need to cultivate and be open to entering into I-thou relationships. Dr. Murthy writes that when you're lonely, you miss that feeling of closeness and trust and the affection of genuine friends and loved ones and community, because we have that in I-thou relationships. You know, our brains have evolved that they're wired to seek connection and focus our thoughts on other people and to define ourselves by the people around us. If our brains crave these relationships, why do we have so few of them? The majority of us, we were raised within a family. We shared a home with other people. We ate meals together. We watched TV together. We vacationed together. We were quiet together. And we shared a lot of milestones together. And most of us had I-thou relationships with the people that we lived with. Some of us got married and had partners and then created and raised new families. These relationships were not and are not transactional. 
We occupied the same space, we spent time together, and we shared both the responsibility and the rewards from sharing days, weeks, months, and years together. And even if we disagreed with the people that we call family, in most circumstances, we still cultivated I-thou relationships with them. It is this category of people that we say Yisker for today. We recite Yisker for our parents and our siblings and our husbands and wives and our children. These are the people we had the ultimate I-thou relationships with. And they are people we loved, people we still love, people we miss, people who know us well, people we knew well. And with these key people physically gone from our lives, we need to make the effort to continue to maintain I-thou relationships with other people. Now they will never take the place. They will never replace those that we are saying Yisker for today, but they will make our lives more meaningful as we encounter others instead of experiencing them. Earlier this year, the US Surgeon General's Advisory on the Healing Effects of Social Connection and Community published an 82-page report called Our Epidemic of Loneliness and Isolation. And towards the end, it offered recommendations for stakeholders to advance connection. I would argue that this strategy can lead to I-thou relationships, the type of relationships we deeply need in our lives. Included in this list was the opportunity specifically for parents and caregivers to model healthy social connection, including constructive conflict resolution, spending time together, staying in regular contact with extended family and friends and neighbors, and setting time aside from so for socializing away from technology or social media and actually participating in social events. Now, I call this last part Shabbat. Sitting around a table with no phones, not creating lists, not reviewing schedules, that can lead to deeper relationships. If we have children, we have to model this. We have to model this behavior. Really make family time relational. Invest in each other's well-being. All of us can invest in nurturing our relationships through consistent, frequent, and high-quality engagement with others. Take time each day to reach out to a friend or a family member. And all of us can be responsive and supportive and practice gratitude. Handwritten thank you notes are not a lost art, and it's okay to say thank you back to someone's thank you. As we practice these behaviors, others are more likely to reciprocate, strengthening our social bonds, improving relationship satisfaction, and building social capital. It would be fascinating if we could all prove Dr. Murthy wrong and maintain more than 15 I-thou relationships at any one time. But except, however, the one constant variable in life is that people we love die. Our I-thou relationship lists are always depleted by death. So as you recite the Yisper prayers today, go back in your mind, to pleasant memories around a table, 
playing a game of catch, out on a lake fishing, being in Israel, sharing a drink, your first date, teaching them or learning a lifelong skill from them, or just remembering that specific way that they showed their love to you. Nobody will ever replace their spots in your heart. But committing to attempt to establish new or deepen I-thou relationships will undoubtedly enrich your life. Let's open up our Yisker pamphlet.